Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. We're back. It is our final, I guess you would say the final off-season podcast. October. October. Uh, yeah, hallelujah. August 31st, we are recapping roster cuts. Um, Chris Ballard's comments from yesterday is it probably will be the final time. I don't know. Maybe hopefully the final time we hear from the GM until January. Uh, so we'll unpack all of that on today's Kevin's Corner. I am Kevin Bowen. Eddie Garrison is with me per usual. Next week, we'll, we'll come at you with a midweek pod, and that'll be previewing week one against Jacksonville. Let's so. go. Uh, we talking are about here. actual football. We Yeah, we will talk about actual football and the challenge that lies ahead in the season opener. Obviously, today's podcast early on will be heavily Chris Ballard, Jonathan Taylor related. We'll go position by position through the roster cuts, uh, take a look at where the 53-man roster stands as we record this on Thursday morning. And Twitter questions per usual. Mr. Garrison, how you doing? Doing well. KB, how are you? Got to see the 53-man roster practice for the first time yesterday and then uh, got to chat with uh, the Colts GM. How was everything yesterday? Yeah, you know, it was obviously, I think, great to hear from one side of, you know, a storyline that has so much saga. Um, you know, I tweeted out yesterday after the press conference. I think it's time to hear from the other side of it. You know, I think Jonathan Taylor, hell, open up your notes app for all I care. Um, fire off some answers to... You know, I think a lot of questions that need to be answered from the Taylor side of it, but um, I thought Chris Ballard summed up everything right away with that. This sucks. It sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. It sucks for the fans. There are no winners in this. I would make the argument, I don't know if one party is like that demonstratively more right than the other party. I think both have been at fault. Uh, both have... Had some pretty childish moments, probably the Taylor camp more so than the other side of it. And at the end of the day, Eddie, it all revolves around the root question. How does anything impact Anthony Richardson this season? And I would argue that this hurts him, this hinders him. I know Chris Bauer pushed back on that mm-hmm. yesterday. We can get to that question a little bit later. Um, but to me, it does hurt him, and it sends the wrong message to him as well. And that's a disappointment when you're trying to make a strong early impression on your franchise quarterback. Um, you know, there are a few moments during yesterday's presser that I'm like, is Chris Ballard just having to, like, answer questions that Jim Irsay has told us otherwise? I mean, didn't Jim Irsay say, from an anonymous source standpoint, that there was a back injury and they were looking at a non-football injury? That obviously never happened. Um, there was some reporting earlier in the week, I'm going to guess that the source on the reporting was the big guy. Jim Irsay saying he's on the pup list, but we believe he's holding in. Again, Chris Bauer didn't go there. Is that Ballard like just being politically correct and being legal and being, I guess, somewhat cordial in this relationship? It just seems like Irsay saying one thing off the record. Ballard has to say one thing on the record. So I think that is confusing aspect to all of this. 
Uh, but no, I thought Ballard did a nice job yesterday. I thought it was fine. I thought he handled. I, I appreciated him fielding all of the questions that he did. Obviously, yeah. some answers he didn't answer, or some questions he didn't answer. I, I understand that there are. I would say a good amount of GMs, Eddie, that would have got up there and offered an opening statement, if anything, and then wouldn't have answered anything after that. So I appreciate that from Ballard. Um, a lot of loaded questions, KB. A lot of loaded questions. Yeah, I mean, I. You loaded them suckers up, as he says. Yeah, that's what he said, walking off the uh, the podium. I, you know, I went on Sirius Radio earlier this week, and they asked me. They began the interview asking if I've watched Hard Knocks this season. I have not watched Hard Knocks this season, and I told them the reason why I haven't is because I cover Hard Knocks. The Colts are, they are a living Hard Knocks. They are oh, yeah. a soap opera. So when you have that, you're going to get loaded, quote-unquote, questions. So uh, I didn't think, frankly, any of the questions that were asked yesterday were out of line or I, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know, maybe a couple times that, I mean, hell, I'm sure people had some of the issues of questions that I asked, but if it's the last time we're going to hear from Ballard until January, it's the time to get them all out. So uh, about a half-hour media session there. A couple of takeaways from Ballard. Again, he makes it clear in a public setting that Jonathan Taylor still hurt and is still complaining of ankle pain, and it's not 100%, and that's why he's on the pup list. The Colts are paying him, what, 238000 per week to be on that pup list? That's a pretty expensive paycheck to be paying a guy if you don't think he's hurt, like, again, I think Jim Irsay is doing from an anonymous manner. Um, so that's where we're at right now with Taylor from a pup standpoint. I think if you had to sum up Ballard's stance on the why are we not extending Taylor right now, it would be three things. According to Ballard, it is because of the ankle issue. And then the other two situations would be we have a new coaching staff and we just won four games. So if you have to kind of summarize everything Ballard said into one little snippet, those would be the three reasons I would point to. Now, my thoughts, I think if Ballard was healthy – we still, or excuse me, if Taylor was healthy, he would not have the extension that he wants. I, I feel pretty confident in that. Obviously, we'll get into the coaching staff, we'll get into the four-win answer and all of that, but I think to summarize it, Eddie, those are the three reasons. Four wins, new coaching staff, and the ankle issue, according to Ballard. Yeah, according to Ballard. Yesterday when I was listening, and I watched it again this morning before we recorded the pod... I mean, he just he's just all over the place with Taylor. At the beginning, it's about the contract, and they have a problem to work with. And then it's the ankle, and then it's we're a four-win team. And then it's a coaching staff, a new coaching staff. Like, make up your mind. Is it one or the other? And then stick with it. Like, to keep bouncing around on these different things, I don't know. I just don't get a good vibe out of the whole situation between the two sides. Yeah, I walk away from yesterday, Eddie, and I don't feel any better about the Colts mending this or calming the waters to steal phrase from Ursay. Especially when the GM says, yeah, I haven't talked to Jonathan. I've talked to his agent. Yeah, I don't... That one didn't bother me as much because obviously Ballard has been busy with roster cuts and and there's a lot that that goes into that. I I do think they, they do chat for what it's worth. They just haven't done it here recently uh, the four win comment got a lot of play and 
understandably. You know, part of me thought immediately after that press conference is over, I'm thinking, boy, there's probably a large amount of people that think four wins is the win total for the Colts this year. So if you go out and win four games this year, does that mean Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and Grover Stewart are all free agents in March? And none of them are coming back? That one didn't really check for me. I understand the new coaching staff a little bit, but I don't get the because we were 4-12-1, that means we don't extend players. I I mean, Eddie, if we were to make a list of 100 reasons why the Colts went 4-12-1 last year, I don't know where I'd put Jonathan Taylor on the list, but I know it wouldn't be in the top upper quartile of quartiles of quartiles. Um, Nice. And in a way, when you make a statement like that, Eddie, you infer some blame towards Taylor for last season. And we're talking about this is the dude that – as the best yards per carry the NFL has seen through three NFL seasons in the history of the NFL. The best yards per carry, whatever it is, 5.2, 5.1, I, I, I forget what the exact number is, through the first three years with, with having more than 700 carries. I mean, it's it's just an eye-popping figure that he's produced, again, at a time where the running game is not you know what it was once before. And I'm like, boy... 412 and 1 you're inferring some blame on Taylor. You're 412 and 1 because y- your staff thought Carson Wentz had something. Mm-hmm. And he could be resurrected and Taylor carried Carson Wentz through that 2021 season. And when that quarterback experiment failed at the end, then you had to scramble and think that Matt Ryan still had gas in the tank. And the offensive line you've richly invested in, that group breaks down last season and doesn't play up to par. And key defensive pieces either banged up or not living up to the type of contracts that they have. Again, nowhere on that list to me am I finding Jonathan Taylor. Nowhere on the list did Jonathan Taylor say, hey, Jeff Saturday, come be our interim coach and lead us to seven wins this season. So that comment... I think understandably for the Taylor camp is really going to bother them. And to me, I don't think as a GM I'd have this hard line in the sand philosophy of we win four games, no one gets extended. I, I That to me doesn't check. Um, do you have questions? Sure. Do you challenge previous thinking? Without, without a doubt. I, I think a four-win year should challenge all of processes and all of – um, how you go about your blueprint, your roster construction, all of those things. But I don't think that needs to be one of the hard cut in line and maybe the reason why Taylor is not getting this extension. You know, when Ballard says, like, I have to do the best thing for the team and the organization, that was, you know, a line that he yes. talked about yesterday. Part of me thinks so much of his job. Maybe the most important part of his job is find good players and keep good players. Like if you want to mm-hmm. kind of summarize it, yeah. That, that that and I know that's a really elementary way to 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 say it, but I think that is the case. And I guess that kind of leads into my final Ballard-related point, which I'm shaking my head at right now. And I, I assume this is not on the talking point sheet. 
you know, when I asked him the question about do you feel like you're hindering or stunting Anthony Richardson's development? Oh, that was that's bad. With not having Jonathan Taylor around and and he said he brought up the analogy of, you know, what Andrew Luck had at quarterback, or excuse me, what Andrew Luck had at running back in that 2012 season. I think it's absolutely asinine to compare Anthony Richardson exiting college to Andrew Luck. I think I've mentioned on this podcast several times. I think it's a bit crazy when we try to compare Anthony Richardson's situation here in year one to other running style, inefficient, inaccurate quarterbacks that exited college. And I'm just inserting names I see. Josh Allen, in terms of playing time he had at Wyoming. Cam Newton. Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton reaching the pinnacle of individual success, college football-wise, Cam's case, team-wise. In Lamar's case, obviously, Heisman Trophy as well. Like, it's ludicrous to compare Richardson to those guys. And then when he says luck, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Uh, Two Heisman runner-ups, right, on the Andrew Luck collegiate resume. Won every other meaningful award at his time at Stanford, exiting in 20... He would have been the number one pick probably the year before, exiting in 2011... You know, mentioned in whatever, John Elway, Peyton Manning sort of breath in terms of can't miss prospect, all of those things. When you have players that have performed at a different level, whether it's experience-wise in college or it's individual team success-wise, that impacts, in my opinion, the urgency and the need to build. But again, even if you want to take the luck case study there, what did they do? They made it a massive priority to re-sign Reggie Wayne that first year. Mm-hmm. They then came back in the draft and they went skill, 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 the first three selections of that 2012 draft. And obviously those guys, maybe their five to seven year trajectory didn't live up to what you wanted to, but T.Y. Hilton, Dwayne Allen, and Kobe Fleener all in their own rights had pretty good early starts to their careers. Um, so that is kind of the issue that I, 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 that one, I just have to push back on there and it's different with Richardson. It's just flat out different. And that's why I have, and I raise my hand. I've talked out of both sides of my mouth with this situation. I have a overall expansion football team roster construction belief that, Running back is not one, two, three on that list. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend premium draft picks on a running back. But when you've got the unicorn at quarterback, things shift, things change. And that's where my philosophy with Taylor changes. Um, last thing I'll say, Eddie, before you chime in on anything Ballard related, I have gotten this question a lot here lately. You know, how mad is Taylor about last season? I think there are times last year where Taylor felt like he was pushing pretty darn hard to play and ended up playing. And I think he views himself not being rewarded for that. Intrinsic, like internally with himself or externally from other people in the building? Uh, I'd say more externally than anything. Uh, Now, again, I've mentioned before, super hypersensitive about his body. But I think he looks at last year, and again, if you are Ballard and you hear... Excuse me, if you're Taylor and you hear Chris Ballard say yesterday, you know, we're not going to put a guy out there unless he's 100%, 
I think Jonathan Taylor would raise his hand and say, I was playing at less than 100% last year. And what player is playing at 100% throughout the course of the season anyway? That as well. So I think that's where the Taylor camp, and this is why I'd love to hear from Taylor, but that's where Taylor, and I'm speaking for him here, I think that's where he has a gripe of saying, yesterday you're you're saying to me, you know, I'm not putting you out there if you're not 100%. Whereas last year, I'm, you know, whatever, busting my ass, making sacrifices on a 4 win football team with an interim head coach to try and continue to play. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a side of Taylor that maybe we haven't talked about enough with all of this. And the fact that he may not have been healthy and he still had that, you know, that 150 yard game against the Raiders is just kind of like, just kind of speaks to the kind of talent that Jonathan Taylor is. A um, couple things that I want to get to before we get into more either Chris Ballard or get to the roster breakdown. Yeah, the, let's focus anything Taylor-related here. I do want to get into a couple of, well, I guess we can kind of tie the other Ballard roster-related comments into the cutdowns, but anything Ballard-Taylor-related. Um, Mitch had this question in Twitter questions. I was already going to ask you something along this, so I'm just going to toss it in here with it. Um, Mitch and I pretty much want to know, why is Jonathan Taylor exactly on PUP? Because you've talked about it a little bit. And I thought when you just mentioned it with Ballard and he said, the player is complaining about nagging ankle pain. And then he later gets asked about uh, how confident are you and your medical staff to assess and get Jonathan Taylor healthy. He goes, I'm confident. I'm real confident. That was all he had to say on that front. And to me, that was the only time he ever mentioned Jonathan Taylor in the same sentence or in the same lingo with the medical staff. So part of me wants to believe that that report that Mike Chappell had, that the, that the team may not believe that he's actually hurt, is actually kind of true. Yeah, and again, this is where the complexity of this Taylor situation, Eddie, I wish I had a better grasp on. Because I've heard such conflicting things to the point of like, oh my gosh, Europe, to look at this ankle. Or... You put pen to paper on it, and he does what Shaq Leonard did a couple camps ago. And exactly. he's out there giving it a go. So that's the crazy uncertainty curveball in all of this. And again, in my opinion, you have Ursay saying to Chapel, um, we think it's a hold-in. Well, then publicly, you know, Ballard is not even sniffing that. And I'll go back to what I just said. I think Taylor has a little bit of venom from last year of saying, you know, I pushed through it. I tried to play. I mean, Taylor was on the field in what? The was he on the field for the Dallas game? I feel like the Minnesota game. He was been on the field game. for the Dallas game and then he got hurt uh, after the screen pass against uh, Minnesota. Yeah, early in that Minnesota game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he is on the field in December games when the season was absolutely toast at that point. And the lack of recognition, acknowledgement of that, I think, bothers him, especially for a guy that, again, has been so durable throughout his career with that. I mean, do they beat the Raiders? I mean, that that game came down to the final play of the game. Do they beat the Raiders without Taylor? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what do you think how close that game was? 150 yards rushing. I don't think you yeah. would have won so, that game with, without that. You know, are you a three-win football team? Is Jeff Saturday winless in the old you know Saturday era? So, I... That is a curveball to it, but I'll go back to what I said earlier, Eddie. I still think with a healthy Jonathan Taylor, we would not sit here with a contract extension for him. I could be wrong on that, but that is my thought on him. Mitch's point, why is he on pup? Ursay says one thing, Ballard says the other. Ursay says it off the record, Ballard says it on the record. That's why we need to hear from Taylor. I mean, to be on pup is a big deal. Think about it. Do you think you will, though? Will Taylor talk? No, I, I'm not holding my breath at all. 
Take out the notes app, man. We all do it. Do a live stream of some sort. I don't know. Reread it a million times. Yeah, tape something to the point. You don't have to make it live. You know, I mean, yeah. tape it. Uh, make sure your answer sounds beautiful. Re-record it 13 times. Act like you're sending, you know, your 90th happy birthday message to your grandma here. Like, that is what I think needs to happen next. And again, major kudos to Chris Ballard for what he did yesterday. I mean, that was a half hour of fielding questions. Did he answer all of them? No. But he spoke. And that's a big part of what steps need to be taken. Obviously, actions are going to speak louder than anything. Um, But again, Mitch's point, he is on pup. Eddie... That dude is making what two hundred thirty-eight thousand per week to not practice or not play. That is quite the move. If you feel like he's healthy, I was about to ask you: Is this some sort of gamesmanship part on the Colts side of things to not completely burn down the bridge? You may have like I, I, I you get, may have I mean, two pillars left on it, but like <laughs> it's like you're you're saying like, hey, I we don't think you're injured, yeah, but we don't want to risk the you know any possibility of reuniting this relationship coming back together so if you are seriously complaining about this ankle problem we'll put you on pup so you can still get paid versus activating him off the pup him continuing to have this hold out hold in whatever we want to phrase it right and then gets fined for not showing up yeah i mean certainly if you start to fine him insert the dog house on fire emoji i mean that's i mean hell we're we're pretty much at that anyways but by that point been gone is beyond everything that. is fine yeah so <laughs> everything is fine uh, that that's where we would be at um so yes mitch it is conflicting but what it means is this he's on pup he can't practice or can't play in the first four weeks he ain't playing a week five it's not like he's gonna just pop off the pup list and he hasn't practiced in 10 months and he's gonna go out there yeah and then you start getting into okay you know the amount of games played to get the occurred season and i mean what w- week five has got to put you at october Huh? Accrued. Accrued, accrued. That was my Indiana twang coming out there. Um, Week five is what, October 8th? So at that point, Eddie, you're what? Three weeks away from the trade deadline. And that is the next kind of hard line in in all of this. One thing that I'll mention here, and I don't have anything else on Taylor after this. I know we'll have Twitter questions on it, so Mm -hmm. I kind of want to move into roster cuts unless you've got anything. That's fine. Miami and Green Bay. Those are reportedly the two teams that had legit interest, however you want to describe it, in Jonathan Taylor. Eddie, it tells me a whole lot about their interest in Taylor in relation to the Colts. Miami and Green Bay have Tua and Jordan Love. Yes. Two very yet-to-be-established quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, Tua you'd put on a higher, you know, pedestal than Jordan Love, of course, at this point. But two former first-round picks, two guys that are reaching the back ends of their rookie contracts, and two guys that it's like, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? You know, like those questions are being asked in those respective markets. And certainly in Miami's case, they've got some pretty impressive skill talent. Oh, yeah. What those organizations are saying, though, is, wait a minute. Could we add more? Could we support our yet to be established quarterback even more. And that to me is something that like I'm trying to get at with the Colts. You want to make sure that that cupboard is as stocked as stocked as possible. Beyond stock. Mm-hmm. And that's what Miami and Green Bay were looking into. Could we give our young quarterbacks 
more help. And again, I think Tua has done more in the NFL than obviously Richardson has. Jordan Love had more experience in college and had more individual success than Anthony Richardson had throwing the football. So both of those organizations are saying that. That's where I've always been at with the Colts and Richardson and what I want to see them do with this because, again, he is the unicorn. He's the rarest of rare when we talk about quarterback prospects entering this league. I mean, Eddie, I'm not going to make too much out of it, but like if you even look at the preseason numbers, I think it was 12 rookie quarterbacks played in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And, and by played, I mean whatever, at least 15, 20 snaps or at least 15, 20 throws is probably the better way to put it. The 44% completion percentage for Richardson was at the bottom of that 12-person list. Like Again, you've got to give him more because that is an area where you're going to lack. And I look at Green Bay and Miami and think, yep, that's what they should be doing. They should be trying to continue to make sure that they don't sit there at the end of the evaluation period with Tua and Jordan Love and say, boy, did we do enough? Did we give him enough? You don't want to be there as a franchise. Give the quarterback enough and let the quarterback tell you if you're right or wrong. Because if you are sitting there second-guessing yourself, now all of a sudden you failed the franchise, Mm -hmm. you failed that quarterback, and you're probably starting over. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be in that position. You have some control over that. You can control how aggressive you are in your skill group, offensive personnel around that guy. And I look at an offseason of veteran free agent moves, and I see... And Isaiah McKenzie, who hell was cut for two hours yesterday, and Gardner Minshew, and I don't consider that a whole lot of veteran free agent support. Trades, you can throw trades in there as well. Hell, you can throw waiver claims in there as well, I guess. I don't consider that a lot. And you know, draft wise, obviously Josh Downs, I'm I'm very high on. I'm very intrigued by it. It's not, but it's not like you had the draft that you had with Luck in 2012, mm-hmm. where, you know, boom, the first three picks are all going to come in here and play a ton and directly impact Andrew. Um, or or Anthony like they did for Andrew back in uh, back in 2012. I'm interested about the contractual part of there with Isaiah McKenzie. Like you cut him, so that was weird. Um, I was like, how much does he get paid out of the contract he I, initially signed, and then how much are you signing him for to bring him? back? I thought you could have just put Jelani Woods on IR right then. It was. I think there are other teams that had done that had put guys on IR to return. Like it's not like you had to wait another day for Jelani Woods. You put him on IR, what, two hours later? Well, didn't they claim somebody first, and then that's what led to the release So they had three corresponding roster moves. They waived McTelvin a gym, they waived Isaiah McKenzie, and they waived Carter O'Donnell. Those were their three. My question is, and again, this is probably more for like NFL cap expert, would be why not just do the Jelani Woods to IR when you waived Isaiah McKenzie? Yeah, I don't know. You did it two hours later. You just flip-flopped the roster move. Is it a restructure? I, I, I don't know. Exactly what it looks like. Again, I think Isaiah McKenzie. Um, well, let's just let's just get get into it, Eddie. Um, let's go position by position. I was looking at the fifty-three man roster. There was two things real quick I wanted to bring up with right. Ballard, just really, really quick. Yeah. Um, when he was going through the tight ends, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this or not. Mentions Drew Ogletree, mentions Kylan Granson, mentions Will Mallory. No mention of Jelani Woods, who's hurt, and no mention of Mulally Cox. I know there's been a lot of things going on with Jelani. Health related to you know for him to stay on the field, so I understand that part of it. 
But then the Mo Alley-Cox lack yeah. of mention to me, I think, speaks louder than anything else. You know, I asked Shane Sykin about it over the weekend, Eddie. Uh, you know, what, what do you kind of view his role here in 2023? I didn't think it was the most ringing endorsement for Mo. Obviously, he's still here. I think he needs to be here, frankly, if Woods is going to miss four weeks. I mean, Granson is just not that body type. And Ogletree is still yet to play a snap. I mean, Ogletree is intriguing to me, but... I mean, him and Mallory have yet to play mm-hmm. a snap, and both of them have dealt with their own sort of physical things um, as well. So yeah, that was—I mean—that was something that 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 stood out. I, I don't—I don't think it all of a sudden means Molly Cox is gone in the next week, but I mean, there might be a time this season, Eddie, where it's like, wow, all your tight ends are healthy. Is Mo now the odd man out? And then to make a pivot to roster breakdown position by position, I want to start with cornerback because okay, uh, go ba- Darius Rush first. Yes, yeah. Uh, Chris Ballard explaining pretty much the reason why they had to let Darius Rush go was because of Jalen Jones, uh, and he really, really likes Tony Brown. So I went back and forth on this a lot during roster cuts, Eddie. Do they keep six or do they keep seven corners? I went with six. I had Tony Brown being cut because I viewed it like this. What was the number that you got right? I think I missed three. I'd have to go back and look. Maybe it was four, but then, like, you know, like I had McTelvin and Jim getting cut. I mean, do you count him as getting cut and then, like, you know, I, the whole 24-hour period afterwards is kind of weird. Like, is Carter O'Donnell a yes or is Carter, Carter O'Donnell a no? Like, Jelani Woods to IR was something I thought about, but whatever. Nonetheless, it's, impressive. Neither nice here nor, nor, nor there. Okay, at corner. And this gets back into our, like, dictionary definitions we have to think about this time of year. Waived is for guys that have played in the league for less than four years. You get exposed to waivers. Released means you've been in the league for over four years. You've earned the right to then be a free agent mm-hmm. and not be exposed to waivers. So my thinking with the roster cuts was you release Tony Brown. You know he's a free agent. You say to Tony Brown's agent, let us get through the first 48 hours of this roster gymnastics and we'll bring your guy back. Or at the very least, you know, we'll put him on practice file, which I'm sure Tony Brown's agent doesn't want to hear, and then we'll bump him up for early game days. And then hopefully we can sneak a guy through at some point, whether that is Darius Rush, what you know, wh- whoever that is. Um, I thought it was interesting when I asked Taylor about Rush yesterday. The answer I didn't Ballard. hear. Uh, sorry, <laughs> when I asked Ballard about Rush yesterday, the answer had nothing to do with anything negative towards Rush. No, it was all about Jalen Jones and Tony Brown and the special teams impact, the nickel impact that Tony Brown brings, and. Really nothing of off the field, nothing of even Rush's ups and downs. My issue with with cutting Rush is this. First off, you could do both. You could keep Jalen Jones and Tony Brown and Darius Rush. You have six defensive tackles. Right now you've got ten offensive linemen. And they've combined to start one game in the NFL. (laughs) Two of them you just got off waivers. It's not like there are not positions you could pull from a little bit here or there. Uh, if you really wanted to, maybe even a six linebacker. Like, you know, there are some other spots you could pull from. Now, I think when you look at Russia's situation, it's a premium position in a guy that had some flashes this offseason. And I don't like cutting premium position draft picks when they flashed a little and when they're still young to the position. Remember, Darius Rush was a wideout early on at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's not even like he is this... And he played a whole lot of special teams 
at South Carolina as well. So it's not like some of the knocks you'd put on a Mike Strawn, for example, in terms of not playing special teams. Rush doesn't have those same knocks. Um, and I think exposing him to waivers was just a risk that I don't... If you're in this tank rebuild mode, I, I don't see why you would risk that. There are other guys you could risk. Other, again, veterans you could cut that you don't risk on waivers there. They would just be free agents. And the last thing on Rush, Eddie, I believe yesterday the number was 24 players that were claimed. So you had 24. Arizona, of course, had six of them. That was the big eye-popping number. The Colts had three. Of the 24 guys claimed, 10 of them play in the secondary. That is a big, big number. 10 of the 24. To me, what does that say? It says the NFL knows it's a pass-happy league and every team's trying to find those guys. And they're going to take chances on them. Mm-hmm. And that's what Kansas City's doing with with Rush. So Jalen Jones has been very good this preseason in this camp. Very good. He won, unquestionably deserved to make the roster. You could have kept both. And that's my issue there with Rush. Um, I want to actually talk about defensive line because you mentioned them. You've got 10 defensive linemen. Um, you're, you're you're hopping around. I thought we'd just go in order. I know. Well, you brought up defensive line, so I just... Okay, all right. Nice little segue there into the defensive line. Uh, Quiddy Pegg, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, obviously your three starters with Samson Abacom. Uh, Tyquan Lewis, uh, Taven Bryan, and Eric Johnson are your backups. Adi Tamua, Adabare, uh, part of that nice. third string. Very nice. Uh, any others that you want to name in there? Uh, no. Again, McTelvin, a gym cut. Uh, Khalid Kareem, you know, I, I thought had a chance. Al-Kadeen Muhammad, I thought had a chance. Saw Kareem claimed by the Bears, of course, the Bears. Saw him up close in person on those joint practices and those that preseason game where Kareem stood Titus out. Titus Lee to IR, correct? Oh, yeah, Titus Lee to IR. I know that was a question I had. I'm mean, obviously not high on the list, but um, let's talk about Isaiah Land here, defensive end. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll label him here. He's an intriguing guy that they claimed yesterday off Dallas. I think a big part of the waiver claims is you look around the league and say, where are teams deep? Let's make sure that we try and find those guys that they can't just keep. Certainly Dallas would fit that bill. Dallas is an edge rush group pretty darn deep. And so Isaiah Land, if you look at his career at Florida A&M, 19 sacks as a junior. I mean, that's Robert Mathis, like, low-level, eye-popping production. Kind of a tweener. Um, I know there was an academic issue, really, throughout the whole Florida A&M program as well. You know, I'm trying to kind of give you a little bit of background on why he would have fallen. He fell in the draft to the point of being undrafted. But, you know, when you look at the waiver claims, Eddie, they found a, a, a big offensive tackle who's an athlete, Ryan Hayes, who started, you know, 30-some games at left tackle at Michigan. And then Isaiah Land, in a way, almost said, yeah, look at those guys as saying, okay, those are the darts at a board at positions that matter, left tackle and edge, that you're losing here in year one with Jake Witt and Titus Leo going on IR, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I like those ideas. I like the Isaiah Land thing. Small school pass rushers with intriguing traits and high-end production. The thing is, and I know Leo had a lot of position switches at Wagner, Land actually produced much, much more than than Leo. Leo didn't have, you know, when I saw the draft pick of Leo, I'm like waiting to open up the bio and see 16 sack season. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he had that at, at Wagner. So, um, yeah, D-line group I think does have some depth. I worry a little bit about, again, just the edge group giving enough pop 
with Pei and Abukam and even Lewis and Dio. Like, all of them just seem to be power more than speed. And, like, the sacks are going to be effort-based. Which, I mean, sacks are sacks, but, you know, you'd like a little bit more consistent, like, speed rushes that are contributing to some of those hurries there. So, Isaiah Land, I think, is... Uh, would you put Quiddy in the power part of that, or would you put them put him like in the middle between like a power and a little bit of a speed? See, I think more power than speed. I mean, I I know the athletic traits were what they were at Michigan's pro day, and they were quite impressive. But I don't see it show up enough in his game. Yeah, uh, linebackers: EJ Speed, Shaq Leonard, Zaire Franklin, uh, Cameron McGrone, and shout out to the LC product. Grant Stewart. Cameron McGrone. He is a guy that I did not have. I had Doman. Doman went on IR. Um, so, Cameron McGrone. I mean, I thought yesterday it's a big day for Cameron McGrone to, you know, make it through the three cuts. You know, the Colts had to make three more roster moves when they made those waiver claims. So, um, he's a guy that I thought stood out a little bit. I thought Liam Anderson had some moments. He goes to the practice squad, the undrafted rookie there. But for the most part, linebacker continues to be. You know, pretty easy to cut down with uh, with Chris Bowden. And now your safeties: uh, Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas, and Nick Cross got some glowing remarks yesterday from Chris Ballard. Yeah, Ballard certainly praised him. No surprises here. Um, Denbo is always a guy that was kind of going to be your fourth safety. Ronnie Harrison is on the practice squad, um, who was with the team during the preseason cutdown. So yeah, safety was of safety and quarterback to me were the other two that was just like yeah. I feel pretty confident about this. All right, now moving over to offense. Uh, three quarterbacks, Richardson, Minshew, Ellinger. The Ellinger part about this fascinates me a little bit. I was texting with you about it yesterday, maybe when it, or maybe two days ago. I can't remember. Yeah, you, you did. See, you see, like, New England released or waived Bailey Zappi. He went unclaimed on waivers. And to me, no offense to Sam Ellinger, but if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably take Bailey Zappi just because – He's had more production as a starter, and I've seen it from him. And I felt like a guy you could you could let Sam Ellinger go, and you could keep you know that additional corner and Darius Rush, and then stash Ellinger on your practice squad because I don't. We've talked about it a couple times. I don't think there's going to be anyone out there that would claim Ellinger if you were to waive him. And let's clarify the rule change for this year. The San Francisco NFC Championship rule change is this: you can dress a third quarterback that does not count against your 46-man game day dressing roster. But in order to do that, he must be on your 53. So that's what the Colts are doing here with Ellinger. Um, I totally understand where you're coming from on that. I don't have like as big of a gripe. I think they view Ellinger as like... It's not a gripe. It's just more so an observation or something that I personally would have done yeah, over what they decided to do. Is, and part of me was like, to Shane Steichen look at Ellinger and be like, yeah, we can get that anywhere. You know, I, that that was a question that I had going into roster cuts. Do they look at Ellinger and say, hey, he's a nice scout team quarterback. He does some dual threat nature. Um, I, don't, I I think they've been just so, like, quarterback. Uh, snake bitten isn't the right term, but, like, they've had a scramble. At times, quarterback-wise, they're going to kind of cover their ass. And if there's any position to do it at, I think quarterback's fine. Again, not to say Ellinger saves the franchise if all of a sudden that you need him to throw in there. But, uh, yeah, I didn't have too much of a uh, of an issue with this. You've got four backs, two hurt. Well, allegedly, one of them is hurt. Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and Evan Hull. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, we're recording this again Thursday morning. Zach Moss was not practicing on Wednesday. We'll see about today at 1 o'clock. I know they're... 
some people out there that think he's definitely going to miss the start of the season. Um, I would assume Eddie, if he is going to play week one, he need to be out there Monday. After today, I don't think they practice again until Monday. I think he would need a full week. I mean, I know it's an upper body injury. It's a broken arm. So lower body-wise, you would hope the cardio has still been able to yeah. you know, be kept up. And obviously, you can rotate in those backs. But, you know, we'll ask um, – or, you know, veteran running back, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, but as of now – Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, and Zach Moss when he gets healthy, and then two running backs on the practice squad and Jake Fuck. Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, that's great. Um, Do you edit that out? I no, I can't. I'm sorry. Did I say funk? No. On the second time you did. (laughs) Um, Before we transition to wide receiver, food. I need lunch, man. <laughs> Do you have any inclination on how carries would be divvied up if um, oh, gosh, Moss? You sound not... like you're in a 30-team fantasy league. Here. I was, well, I was going to say it's fantasy football season, Kevin. So you never know. Jackson start, Holes, Bellum. They split reps. I, I don't. I mean, I really don't know. I, I that would be my guess. It'd be a Jackson start, and then Hull would go in there, and they'd bring the F word off the practice squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> for a moment yesterday, Colts had three wide receivers. Uh, you talked about Isaiah McKenzie's back. He's their fourth. Pittman, Pierce, Downs, the other three. Yeah. I, you know, Jawan Winfrey was the fifth that I had. I thought it made it clear there's no chance to keep a sixth. Didn't think Mike Strawn was going to make the team at all. But the fifth was just a dart at a board. And, I mean, hell, Eddie, don't they have five wideouts on the practice squad? Mm-hmm. I mean, Winfrey being one of them. Yeah, Winfrey being one of them. I mean, five of the 17 guys in the practice squad are wideouts. It's it's a massive number. So it is simply darted a board. I think I saw Field Yates reported earlier today they did make a waiver claim for a wideout. The Cardinals got the wideout. He's a Stanford kid. His name escapes me right now. Um, but, you know, this is where the Doolin injury comes into play. It's really hard to incorporate a fifth wideout on a game day. But it's one of those things where, like, you can't have Pittman or Pierce get hurt. Yeah. You get hurt. Who is your taller back? Like it's one of those guys off the practice squads. So. Elijah Higgins. That was the guy's name from Stanford. Yeah, five yeah. teams had a claim on him: Cardinals, Colts, Titans, Commanders, Packers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, wideout wise, you know, I know a lot of people made a huge thing about. Oh my gosh, you only kept four, and for a moment yesterday, you only kept three. Part of me want to be like, where have you been? Like, I, I don't. This is not breaking news. The Colts lack quality wideouts. Hello? I mean, this has been an issue throughout the ballot. It was like people just showed up from Mars. Uh, yeah, freaking uh, Bowen over here writing about this. wide receivers. He called me Kevin yesterday. I uh, saw that. I, I heard that. I had to go clean my room uh, <laughs> at that point there. So, yeah, this to me is dates back to more of a free agent March uh Paris Campbell, you weren't able to retain like those sorts of wideout issues and not necessarily just like waiver claim problem. Yeah. Uh, tight ends, Kylan Granson, Moali Cox, Drew Oakletree, Will Mallory, and Jelani Woods on injured reserve. Let's go back real quick to McKenzie. To me, he's going to have a gadget role. Like, to me, he's going to have a gadget type. Special teams. Yeah. Returner. Yeah. Unique role. So I, I thought he had a decent training camp. Like, I know, you know, he has a huge drop issue that is clear in the NFL. I did not really see that during camp. 
So was that, uh, you know, a blip on the radar? You know, who, who knows? But um, I just wanted to kind of explain what I think McKenzie's role will be here in year one of him and Indy. Okay, tight end-wise, yes, Jelani Woods to IR to return. I mean, the hamstring injury has been nagging, beyond nagging, an aggravation of it. Boy, the Colts have had a lot of hamstring injuries here this uh, this offseason. Uh, just a huge bummer, right? Woods. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that you obviously pegged as a breakout player and one of the few individual bright spots late last season for you, and um, this obviously hurts him. So, yeah, disappointing there. I got a couple of news items real quick. Uh, Gil Brandt has passed away at the age of 91. One of the certainly uh, just scouting godfather, if you will, and a huge part of why the Combine has had uh, the growth and the traction in Indianapolis that it's had. Secondly, condolences to his family. uh, The Dolphins just placed Jeff Wilson Jr. on injured reserve. Uh Uh-oh. Trade time. So uh, the Purdue dude is their leading guy, right? Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain are their two lead backs. There you go. A-Chain just drafted out of uh, Texas A&M. Uh, offensive line, tackles Bernard Ryman, Arlington Ambright, Braden Smith, Blake Freeland, uh, guards Will Fries, Quinton Nelson, uh, and Wesley French, and your center, Ryan Kelly. Josh Shills, is he on the roster? Yes. Ryan Hayes, too? Yeah, those okay. are the two new waiver claims. So quickly on those guys, Eddie. Well, yeah, quickly on those guys. Again, Hayes. Um, it's Michigan, hard to keep up with all this stuff, man. Mi- <laughs> I don't know how you do it. We do have an updated version of the 53-man roster up on the website. I will continue to update that, by by the way, through this first week. I always think they're, it's ever-changing. Because now, Eddie, you're going to have, oh, wait, you know, you cut McTelvin a gym. You know, maybe another team is going to want him. You're still going to have some some tinkering. Um Ryan Hayes, again, out of Michigan, former tight end, uh, put on weight. You know, think about the just the, the Chris Boward molded tackle, the 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 tall athletic guy. 29 starts there, was with Miami in the preseason. And then the other guy, Stills. Um, Eddie, I can't remember. I don't know if he was at the Super Bowl when this happened, but it was right around the Super Bowl last year. He was with Philly, um, undrafted at Oklahoma State the previous year. Um, he had the, the rape and the kidnapping charges. On him from a 2019 incident, mm. those charges, um, I believe, was either found not guilty or the charges were were dropped. Uh, but if you're going to Google him, you're going to get that, you know, before you get really anything else. Uh, last year with the Eagles, I think he played one game with four special team snaps. That was it. Uh, interior guy played a ton of positions in college at West Virginia first, then Oklahoma State. So backup wise, Eddie. He was acquitted. It's this acquitted. Thank you for the um, for the exact um, legal jargon there. Backup offensive lineman Danny Pinter at IR beyond a bummer. Season over. Brutal. Six, seven, eight, nine, and ten right now. Those five guys have combined to play. They've combined for one NFL start. That's Mr. Hambright. His last action came in 2020. Josh Stills, as we said. Has not played an offensive snap, four special team snaps. The other three, French, Freeland, and now Hayes, zero NFL snaps. I consider that we're doing s'mores in the summer and Rosie Bowen's getting too close to the fire. (laughs) Asked Bauer that question yesterday. Didn't really think it was too big of an issue. 
you know, I at some point you got to play the youth. You got to, you know, how do you get experience? You play. I get that to a degree. I think with five. How do you depth, become a veteran? I think five depth spots. You can balance that out. You can have a couple of vets and you know three guys you're trying to develop, grow, et cetera, et cetera. And I've said this before, Eddie, with Richardson this offseason, positions that directly impact Anthony Richardson, I don't want to try and shortcut. Skimp, go youth movement. Defensively, sure. Secondary, embrace the youth movement. Offensively, O-line. Pardon me that something that stands out is like Wesley French and Josh Josh Sills are primarily right guards. They're not left, although those are pretty interchangeable. So right now, there's not a true backup to Ryan Kelly or Quentin Nelson. And on the Kelly front of it... Yeah, I think French would be the backup there. He has taken some... um, Center? Some center reps. I mean, not not all of a sudden, like, you're going to sleep well at night that I gave you that that info, but I, I thought I'd give it to you. Yeah, I just think it's... Unusual that there's not really a natural backup center, especially. And I guess Pinter would be that, but again, granted, Pinter was making he's a probably, position change, for and the he's State. obviously not going to be uh, available at all this year. Uh, that does everything besides the specialists: um, uh, Rigoberto Sanchez, yep. Matt Gay, Luke Rhodes. Um, anything else you want to hit on with w- roster? Again, I will continue to up update this on our website throughout the week so check that out there uh, just a couple things quickly to to note Eddie it's it's a young group I mean you're only guys 30 years old or what Ryan Kelly and Luke Rhodes yes uh, no one's over the age of 30 um, it is a very young young group to say the least ready for Twitter questions let's now? do them life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. V is up first, and he asks, can we forget the Jonathan Taylor saga for a second and talk about how good Bernard Ryman has looked in camp? If he continues to progress and becomes our Manistee left tackle, I think that is more beneficial for Anthony Richardson's development than having Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Tell me I'm wrong. P.S. Does Chris Ballard have a personal vendetta against you? Seems like every time you ask him a question, he gives you attitude. Hope you both can mend your relationship better, JT and the Colts. <laughs> I will say, he did seem on edge yesterday. Did he? Oh, I, I, I didn't think he was too edgy. He, he seemed pretty uh, defensive a lot. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I've seen him a little bit edgier, but... I guess th- there are some moments you can point to. I'll, I'll get to that second part here in just a second. Let's begin with the first. Eddie, boy, I hardly noticed Bernard Ryman in camp. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Probably not good for your edge rush, but it, it, it's a good thing for Ryman. Um, 
if you handed me two cards right now and, and said, will Bernard Ryman work out better at left tackle or quitty pay at defensive end, I probably would take the Ryman one. And I know that might surprise some people. Certainly was drafted two rounds later, and I know had some really down moments early on, but I like the weight that he put on. I think that was a smart move in the offseason. Ryman to me is, that's that there's some serious intrigue there. So I'm um, curious to watch that, obviously, against some real, real competition. Once the season rolls around, because obviously the edge group is a little different uh, come Sunday afternoons. Uh, as far as the second part, I, and I I guess V is referencing maybe the question I asked about Kareem Hunt, and I know there were some people that pushed back on me asking a Hunt question. I viewed it like this. Chris Ballard has not spoken since the start of camp. A lot of things have happened since the start of camp, including a reported offer for Kareem Hunt. Uh, the next time Chris Ballard is supposed to meet the media, season will be over. Is January, so well. Hopefully, I've got a credential. It's my job to use it and ask the questions that I feel are rev- relevant and needed to be asked. And if they are to get Kareem Hunt at some point, I feel like that question needs to be asked of a franchise that so publicly preaches high character, culture, mental health, all of those things. Um, I think the Kareem Hunt incident is well documented we all have probably seen it by now and i thought that the question was relevant so i i mean ballard was probably pissed at it you know that that was when he dropped the the kevin on me but i just think that's part of the territory of you're going to make a move like that bring him in reportedly make an offer you should expect that question um and not only with like kareem but like as we were talking about with josh shills and then uh chris lamont's yeah Mm mm-hmm couple other guys that have had a question mark around their character that have been recently added to the roster. And, you know, Ballard brought up, you know, there are a lot of people that didn't want us to draft a certain player, and he was stand-up for the community. You know, I think that was a reference to Bobby Okereke, if I'm guessing, the sexual assault incident at Stanford. And I apologize. I, I should have double-checked this before talking about it. I think, if I remember correctly, basically, like, there were five votes on the Stanford board or student policy board. And if I think it had to be four of the five, that was the supermajority, if you will, that had to vote. And I think three of the two voted him guilty, if you will. And if it would have been a fourth, he would have been, I don't know, kicked out of the school. I, I forget exactly what all it was. Um, obviously, from a public standpoint, you know, Bobby had a you know a nice four years here. And, um I just, to me, the Kareem Hunt incident's a little bit different than all of that. Maybe it's just the public nature to it all that that brings it more to the light. So, again, people can disagree with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I talk for 15 hours a week on radio and another you know hour or two on this podcast. You guys are going to disagree with things I say, questions I ask. Um, I've got a credential, and um, I hold that in high regard. I think fans, typically, if fans have chatter about something i try to take that to heart and ask those questions and there are some people that had questions about cream hunt i have questions about cream hunt non-football related so i deemed it necessarily necessary to ask the question and if chris has got a problem with that then don't bring him in for a visit so in 2016 the new york times revealed that the complainant Decided not to file formal char- or formal charges with the police in order to provide or to avoid the trauma of a police investigation. This is Okereke. Yes, turning instead to the university's in-house disciplinary board under the U.S. Department of Education's inter 
interp- uh, interpretation of Title IX, uh, universities are required to carry out investigations of sex crimes on campus and empowered to deal out discipline. According to the Times, Stanford's board voted three to two in favor of the comp- uh, or complainants uh, in both cases, but Okereke was not disciplined because the school required a vote of at least four to one to find the accused responsible. That is from Joel Erickson back in 2019. So there you go. I assume that's who Ballard is referencing in in the answer. And again, there's a reason why I didn't talk about the Kareem Hunt question in the first 50 minutes of this podcast. If you listen to our morning show today, we mentioned it for like 90 seconds. I don't think it's something I need to harp on at all. But if you are to sign him, I wanted to make sure we had a quote on that that we can reference in talking about Kareem Hunt. Flippin' for the pod, who is making the call on this trade slash no decision? Jim Ursay or Chris Ballard? This feels like Ursay digging his heels in. Yeah, this is a great question. I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit torn on it. You know, I mentioned earlier, you, you got Ursay. Well, you know, he's, he's got a back injury and we're, we're, we're pursuing the non football injury list, but this is off the record. And. You know, there's no way we're going to trade them. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we'll let them listen to trade offers. Um, Jim say we, we, we think this is a hold in off the record. Uh, but then Ballard, well, he's got pain in the ankle and he's on pup. So I don't, part of me is like Ballard has to cover up for him. Um, but it's a very good question. I mean, you know, Ursay has past precedent with running backs and it's not to extend them. That's kind of the past precedent. Ballard's got Leonard, Shaq Leonard scar tissue, I would argue. Um, and I, I would like to think and hope it's Ballard driving a lot of this. But at the same time, I'm thinking, is this Ursay a little bit kind of on a high and mighty pedestal of this is how we do business as a franchise? This is how the CBA is? I mean, didn't Ursay mention the CBA a good amount when he was in the booth a few weeks ago? Uh, Ballard even made a reference to it too yesterday. Ballard did it yesterday, but didn't Ursay? That was kind of like the big theme almost from Ursay a few weeks ago about even dating back to the tweet about the Taylor situation. Yes, that, that's a that's a great point, Eddie. So, um, I think at the end of the day, both parties in different ways have hesitancy about giving Taylor a contract extension. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. On the Jonathan Taylor saga, I can see both sides. The Jonathan Taylor side. Management set the precedent of paying their top players one year before their contract expires. JT is the top offensive weapon, yet the fifth highest paid. On the management side, 
JT should be honoring his contract regardless of what market or what the market is. I'm a bit miffed by JT as there are plenty of people who do not like their jobs but still show up and work hard every day. Why should he be different? If I was Ballard, why put him on PUP? Why not just find him if he doesn't play since he is under contract and he must play at least six games? I still want JT to be a Colt. He needs to act like an adult and finish out his contract. Is it six games or is it eight? I thought it was six. I, I got to double check that, though. Um Eddie, I, I think it's difficult, and I, I probably have done this before, so I, I apologize. I think it oftentimes is difficult to like compare the NFL workforce and the business of the NFL to like common business. Yeah. I mean, first off, the amount of money they make. Secondly, the amount of physical pain that they play through and then risk their bodies moving forward. Must be on the team's roster for six regular season games or more during the current season. Yeah. Um. Again, Taylor's venom comes down like the organization has sent a message that if you exceed your rookie contract, we will reward you, and and that's where Taylor is frustrated. And again, I can understand the Colts' overall thinking on this certainly, and at the same time, I can overall I can understand Taylor's overall thinking of like, wait a minute, you know, I was the best person that this company, if you will, the Colts, has seen in seventy years at at this position and what he did in 2021 and you've paid all these players before and that was one thing I disagreed with with Ballard yesterday about how each case is different how he's talking about well Nelson signed different Ryan Kelly signed later Naeem Hines signed later once we get to like September 10th Eddie once we start the season Kelly Nelson and Hines I think those three specifically they all signed their extensions in this first week of September yes so once we reach the start of the regular season if Jonathan Taylor doesn't have an extension, he's different. He's different than all of them. The, all those guys, outside of Grover, everyone signed them in se- or before the season started. Was Pittman not talked about enough in that realm? Pittman? And that he should get one? Yes. I think he should, yeah. I mean, I... Remember. And what it would it mean if he didn't receive one before week one? Yeah, I, I don't know if he's on that... Yeah, I don't know. You could probably look at his resume and Heinz's resume. Obviously, it's a different type of looking contract, just with the position that he, that he plays. I don't know. That's that, that, that's a fair statement to make. Of like, if we didn't have Taylor, would we be talking more about Pittman? That's a good point. I mean, Craig. I mean, Craig starts off with you know I can see both sides of it. That's what makes this so difficult. Both parties, I think, have a lot of valid valid reasons to be taking these stances that they are. I think where the disappoint comes, disappointment comes into is it's that it has continued to get to this. You know, why was this not hashed out March, April, May, June, July? Yeah. Why did it have to become so public? Why is it now the dominant storyline everywhere, uh, nationally? Why is this the hanging cloud over Anthony Richardson's debut a week from Sunday? Are they going to put a pup sticker next to Jonathan Taylor's picture on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium? Pup question mark, maybe? <laughs> Would that be the better way to put it? Yeah. You know, like, it, it, that is the shame in all of this. And I think Taylor, I thought it was beyond childish, the liking of the tweet by Taylor. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. On Tuesday, which he then unliked of the Colts are holding me hostage. It's like, enough. 
enough, enough, enough with cryptic social media. And I get that our generation is a part of it, and Taylor's generation is even more a part of it because what Taylor's you know eight years younger than I am, or whatever the age difference is. Same age as me. So, well, actually, I may be older than him. He's twenty four, right, Taylor? Yeah, he just turned twenty four, didn't he? Uh, enough, 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 enough. Harvard offered you out of college. You're a smart dude. Stop. No tap. Four screenshots. McAfee's perfected that. McAfee does the great notes app. When he has a long, when, whenever McAfee has a long thing to say, he whips out that notes app. It's detailed. He's got humor. He's got info in there. Oh, McAfee, yeah. brilliant. Add it. Jonathan Taylor takes some notes. He turns 25 in January, so I am older than him. Wild to think. Who would tur- win in a 40 tomorrow, you or Taylor? Oh, he would probably still beat me on one leg. So he is hurt, is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was born in uh, September of 98, so he's four months younger than me. Wild to think about. Uh, that golf guy, he sent this in to me. He says, big fan of the podcast. Can I be friends with him? That golf guy? Yeah, that's his Twitter name. All right, I love it. He said he's a big fan of the podcast. His question is, given the Jonathan Taylor situation and the development of Anthony Richardson this season, what is the best win-loss record scenario? He's torn between wanting AR to exceed expectations and win seven to nine games while building his confidence for next year and the opposite, winning three to four games, but at least the Colts could add a top five premier talent. Not sure which situation uh, gets us the momentum necessary to contend a couple seasons from now. Curious for your thoughts. Also, I happened to live in Jacksonville and watch the Jaguars starters against the Dolphins last week. They look scary good, and week one might be a rough one to watch. Four and a half point spread. Yeah, it's four and a half now? Four and a half, over and under. He said, thanks for the great content, as always, as well. Thank you, that golf guy, for the question. Um, I'm not going to get too caught up in the wins and losses. You know, there will be moments, fourth quarter moments this season, where it'll be two minutes, Colts be down seven, you're going to want Richardson to, to perform, of course, at a high level. Um, but I, I, Eddie, tell me that I'm, you know, a hypocrite if all of a sudden I get to the end of the season and I'm talking about a lack of wins and losses and being overly critical there. Uh, I tend to think, you know, okay, eight wins versus five wins. Was that 10 draft slots? I'd rather take the 10 draft slots. And I have no idea if five or eight would be that big of a gap. I don't know, eight draft slots, something like that. Um, I think as long as you're in those moments, you show something in those moments, that's an important step for year one. Now, it's very quickly going to turn into you need to start winning. I mean, like, that's that's reality of NFL lives. I mean, not for long. Um, you know, that's kind of where the Pacers are at right now, Eddie. The Pacers had so many late-game moments two years ago, and they really, really struggled. And then this past season, they delivered in a lot of those late-game moments. But still, you're nine years without a playoff series win. You're five years without a playoff win, period, if you're the Pacers. Like, now it's the time to start actually winning. You don't want to get used to the losing. Because, again, Richardson... Won six games at Florida. I mean, we're going to see Florida and Utah last tonight. That was the that was the big Richardson late game moment last year. Gosh, college football is back tonight. College football is back. Florida at Utah last year in the swamp. It was Richardson on the second and goal. You know, read option which he kept for the game winning touchdown. I mean, that was the kind of the big moment. And then, and Richardson has talked about this. 
Eddie, that was Utah week one. And we'll get more into Richardson next week on what we need to see from him in year one. That can be kind of our focus next week. Week, I think it was week two. The very next game, Eddie, is Will Levis and Kentucky. And Richardson, by his own admission, was a mental wreck going into that game. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm playing the other SEC quarterback that people are talking about high in the draft. Everyone is talking about me in the Utah game, and I could be up for the Heisman. Like, I mean, all of that. And he was awful against Kentucky. Awful. And after that, it was big-time mental coach, seek out, try to get a little bit more into that aspect to it. And it was a low that he had to go through, I think, and I think he would admit this, to kind of reach some of the mental mindset where he's at. So those are some of the things he now needs to experience professionally. Highs, lows, unscripted moments. That's the biggest thing. You can't script out an NFL season. You can't. That's why it's a league that we are obsessed with. How do you react to the unscripted? Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Three Twitter questions left. Alex, I saw Isaiah Rogers was signed by the Eagles, and it made me curious. I may be in the minority, but I like that the Colts emphasize character by taking captains in the draft. What I don't get, though, is rumored prior interest in players like Deshaun Watson and Kareem Hunt. While in a vacuum, I understand cutting Rogers. Wouldn't it make more sense to keep a guy you helped cultivate let the suspension teach him a lesson and help him grow as opposed to kicking the tires on guys with sexual and physical assault allegations how does kevin think the colts reconcile the optics there boy it's such a great question and it's really hard i mean i'll go back i guess to ballard's answer to me about cream hunt yesterday and that we vet we vet we vet I tend to think when stuff happens in your own building, under your own watch, that's when you're more critical of it. The Rogers situation. That's when you say you're gone. But then Philly looks at it and says, that didn't happen here. We'll give him the second chance. And I guess you can point to whatever, Josh Sills situation or maybe a Kareem Hunt situation. Like, you know, Ballard's first response to me about Hunt was, He's played in the league a long time. I think that was like the first part of the answer. I'm like, well, part of me is like, does that mean that all of a sudden what happened in Vegas and him kicking a woman just disappears? Like, and and this gets into this gets into so much of moral compass, which no one listens to this podcast to hear my moral compass. Like, oh my gosh, um, you know, do you? I had someone reach reach out to me after the Kareem Hunt thing back about a month ago and was like, I was in jail for five years. Should I not have gotten a second chance? (laughs) <laughs> and obviously that is a I mean that's a big drastic situation I mean it's life impacting threatening however you want to describe it how I view this is like the NFL to me is a privilege and sometimes there are consequences for actions 
And when that happens, privileges are usually taken away as opposed to rights. Again, that's my moral compass 101 for 45 seconds. Turn off the podcast if you want. Strongly disagree with me. Whatever. That's kind of my thoughts. As far as character, I get what Bowers thinking for the most part of like, you work hard, you're a captain, we feel like you can reach your potential. I think that is more so where they side in the high character sorts of players. I mean, they'll take guys with whatever, drug suspensions. I'm trying to think of other things that maybe weren't necessarily listed here. Obviously, some people will view physical sexual assault in different cases. Um, so the optics are blurry, gray area. Very hard to, and it's also very hard for us to know. You know, it's like, okay, legally what happens? Was this literally an incident that was blown out of proportion? And and I, I, I'm just talking in general. When you have star athlete incident with common human folk, there's two sides to look at it, oftentimes. One is blown out of proportion, the common folk is looking for 15 minutes of fame. You hear that? Or some people would say, the athlete just has so much money, they'll just pay them enough f- for it all to go away. Yeah. It's just hard. It, 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 it is hard. I know, I, like, you look around the league, too, like Joe Mixon. Sure. I mean, yeah, let's not act multiple. like this is just... Let's just act like this is not a Colts question. Like, right. Yeah, I, I don't want to make that at all. I've said this many times about the Colts. And the Isaiah... Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Dodgers thing was the first time in a while. The Colts very rarely show up on the ESPN ticker. Very rarely. For, for things of that nature. For, yes, arrest, uh, suspension, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, very rarely. So I think for the most part, the Colts do a great, great job with it. Um, and some people don't care about it. Alex clearly is has a question on it. I think that's fine. I think there is, I don't know, maybe it's a dad in me coming out. Maybe it's the father of a daughter coming out yeah. in me with that. But um, it's tons of gray area. How is Rosie Bowen, by the way? Rosie Bowen's great. Yeah, high energy. Three years old, talking a lot, sass, teenager. Teenager? <laughs> She's three. She's a teenager. Now if she- we had a third and you could tell me we get another Rosie Bowen, I might not have any hair left. <laughs> And if I did, it, a lot of it would be gray. How, how is she as a big sister? Uh, she She's great. I love her a lot. Can't wait to pick her up today after school. Heinrich or Henrik? I always forget how to Henrik. say it. Henrik, yes. Um, what kind of game are you expecting from Anthony Richardson against Jacksonville? Do you feel like he is going to play it safe and use his legs a lot? Or will he also see multiple attempts for deep passes? Thanks from Finland. Yeah, I think. 
Finland. I Did I say that. Finland? Yeah, Finland. I, I, I couldn't tell Henrik, if I added another D after I N. Henrik or not. sent in questions before. Yes. Uh, Eddie, I think Shane Sykin has zero hesitation to run Anthony Richardson. Zero. Not, I mean, in the way, I, not in the way that he used Jalen Hurts? Zero hesitation. Um, he's going to be running. And I th- I mean, the playbook obviously be open. Come week one. I mean, look at, I mean, look at the preseason. I thought they used a lot more no huddle and tempo. That's what they did all through training camp. I was surprised we saw it as much in the games. I think it was out there the Colts had the number one RPO rate of any team in the preseason. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to open it all. You're going to see the Eagles scrum play on a on, on a street. You, you're going to see all of it. He's going to be running. There would be no kid gloves with Anthony Richardson. None. That's good. That's encouraging. Last Twitter question comes from Blue Heavy Podcast. What grade would you give Chris Ballard on how he handled this offseason minus the Jonathan Taylor situation? Um, boy, uh, C plus, B minus, too harsh, not harsh enough. I'd say not harsh enough. I really like to hire Shane Steichen from an offensive mind. I I like the pairing. I I like the fact that they finally swung at quarterback. Um, I like that after quarterback, you came back with premium positions with premium draft picks. Free agency, I, I obviously I have some concerns there. You know, from an you know is Ebukam really the guy? Offensive line depth, receiver. That's where I would downgrade. I mean, if you're taking Taylor out of it. Which is a, I mean, that's like saying, you know. Well, Mrs. Lincoln, if you take out the situation with your husband at the play, <laughs> how was it? You know, that's just, I don't know if I can go there. But yeah, I'd say C plus or B minus. Yeah, I was going to say C, just for the reasons you listed. Like, you know, you were going to have a rookie quarterback, and I, I just didn't feel like he didn't, he's done that's enough fair. to put him in a position to succeed. That's totally fair, and I don't disagree with that. I guess I just look at getting modern a head coach, finding a guy with that quarterback pedigree, finally taking a swing at quarterback. Those have such greater impacts on the future of your franchise that I like. Those are your midterms, if you will, if we're going to continue down the educational analogy. All right, that's all for Twitter questions. Uh, Pod next Wednesday, right? Yeah, let's go for Wednesday, Eddie. Uh, We're in it, baby. We are in it. Again, we'll have some written content up on the website all weekend long next week as well as we continue to inch closer to week one. Everybody enjoy the final off weekend of the NFL calendar. Are you doing anything for Labor Day weekend? I am watching football. I am drinking beer, and I'm hoping no one bothers me. What's your beer of choice? All right, so I'll pester you all weekend then. Um, It depends the setting I'm in. You okay. Know, if we're going day game, you know, I, I'm probably going to drink a couple lighter actions to get me through the night. But you know, if I'm first one's cracking at eight o'clock, let's get a little Rheingeist going. Let's oh, get a little zombie dust going. I forgot to bring this Bell's up. Too hearted. Uh, overall, your thoughts on uh, week one for the Fighting Irish and how they performed? I like what I saw. I like it a lot. I'm optimistic. Okay, Chris Ballard. No procedural penalties. Um, operationally very sound. Five touchdowns on the first five drives. You can't judge your defense off anything against Navy, but I like what I saw. I, I'm, I've, I've got some optimism about the Irish. 
I just might win, beat Tennessee State. I had to throw that in there because we didn't talk about him. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Eddie Garrison. It's a longer podcast. Hopefully you guys are consuming it. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the day off on Monday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.